Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 69. We're here today. Back shouting out the beans today, Ollie. Where did we get our coffee beans from today? Yeah, so my mom got these for Christmas. Uh, for Your me? Mom got them for Christmas? Oh, sure. for me. Uh, so these beans are from Australia. They got a little cool little uh, image on them of a bulldog. So my mom definitely thought it would fit very well uh, into the Coffee Club podcast. And we're going to shout her out. Thanks, mom, for the beans. They're quite tasty. And uh, I'm pretty sure we've almost finished them already. So Yeah. We're shouting out Katie for them because we weirdly don't know what company made them so maybe no. we'll have to ask her where she bought them from but they have a very cool image of gus on the front if you're watching the video hopefully you can see that but yeah shout out to katie shout out to katie gus um, won't even look at it though he's, <laughs> he's disgusted by this other bulldog at the table yeah he's, he's facing a, the other way he's a bit jealous by it he's very jealous but so it's a tuesday for us which means this is what we like to refer to as the curse post long run episode <laughs> these two boys had a long run this morning i didn't and the reason it's called that obviously is because we're very tired after our long runs so if possible we try and avoid filming the episode on tuesday some weeks we don't really have a choice so yeah boys how are we feeling after a big how far do we run this morning 16 for george 17 for ollie um and we were pretty much me and george thought it'd be fun to uh hurt ourselves and run with joe the entire <laughs> way so it's clicking miles the whole way <laughs> yeah pretty much clicking miles the whole way and uh I was pretty much at the back most of the time. I think I took, I went to the front near like eight to nine miles thinking I could like contribute and then I just realized I couldn't. <laughs> Going up the hill, I think Joe just took control of it. But it's nice to have a teammate like Joe to kind of click off a really solid long run with. So um, yeah, but we're, we're kind of feeling it. But I'm, I'm going to keep my energy amped. I'm going to say amped for this uh, podcast. Keep it going from the podcast and then we crash. And then we'll crash. <laughs> yeah. We'll crash as soon we're as we're going to try and bring up. the energy. I was feeling pretty rough the last few hours um curl up on the ground for a little bit but clicker will do that to you yeah if you do want to run a fast long run there's no better person to do it with i feel like it's hard to make that decision in like the first half mile because that's when you have to make it a lot you have to be time. like am i doing this or not yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta make that call so early yeah and then once you've made it there's no going no back, back. No. You, if you're running six minute pace you're not going to start running 6 30 pace <laughs> So, yeah, if you make that decision early on, you're stuck with it. And, I mean, I guess the run goes quicker in a way, but the pain is a lot higher. So it's that classic trade-off. But I knew that Joe was going to be feeling it today because we're supposed to get a really big snowstorm this evening and tomorrow. So there was a bit of a vibe yesterday in the gym of, like, you got to make the most of running on the dirt because who knows? Because it's meant to snow and then be quite cold, I think. So maybe the snow will be around for a bit. So we'll be mm-hmm. inside on the treadmill. So... At least you guys got to make the most of that. Unfortunately, I wasn't there this morning because I was cross-training. I guess I wasn't going to talk about it like this early, but I guess I should say. Uh, Morgan's got another injury, but it's like a small one. I guess this no. is, well, this is what an injury is. I, I like, I always in my head, I call stuff niggles because then it doesn't make it seem like that. Mm. But a week ago today, I, well, this is the tragic story. I'll make it as... It's tragic, but it's like kind of funny. It's like it, dark it is comedy. funny. It is funny. I'll make it as like dramatized as possible. So last week before the long run, I literally went to bed the night before it. And I've been dealing with a sore knee for two months now, something like that. And finally, it was in such a good spot. This is my left knee. I remember going to bed the night before the long run. I was like, oh man, it feels so good to like finally feel on top of my body on top of this stuff because like obviously 
like any runner injuries like stress me out and trying to get on top of them is always like you know every day it can be difficult and i finally felt like i had really overcome it and i was in a good spot with it and i went to bed i'm like well don't take this for granted like enjoy that your body feels good because you've been struggling for literally like two months now to get to this point and then the next morning we turn up to the long run and psyched to run quicker miles <laughs> i was i was like so excited to go bang out a long run i hadn't like I'd just been back doing some workouts and I was like feeling good, ready to get after it. And we pull up to the parking lot and I go to take a step out of Ollie's car, out of the passenger side, and I just fall like on a patch of ice that was there that I didn't see, like right next to the car. I just fall over, slam, hit the ground. I don't know what it was like from your perspective, Ollie, but from mine, like I literally don't remember falling because it was, happened so quickly. No, it, it did happen quickly because like we get to because I just got in from Australia, so this is my first run back as well. Um, and we drive up, and it's all pretty icy in the car park still. And we parked next to Sage, and Sage was out of the car, and um, I'm like looking down at my phone, about to take the Bluetooth off so I can take the key for the run from um, talk to the car and then all of a sudden I look over and Morgan's like I hear a thud and I see Morgan like on the ground holding onto the door um, just in disbelief that he's fallen over and I didn't know I didn't know if it was a joke like I actually thought that Morgan might have done it like on purpose to like kind of make fun fun of it with Sage but he actually did fall and then uh, and the ice looked it was pretty hard it was like pretty much very very much frozen ice very much so frozen ice very hard and like, i didn't Not really soft at all i didn't really think anything of it like because it's just like you fall over all the well you don't fall over all the time but you don't think like it's really matters and so my body was sore but you don't think it matters that like there's a difference between there's different types of pain and i'm like okay well my knee is sore because I just fell on it, not be, and it doesn't matter to run on though. So I ran 17 miles, I think, 16 or 17, and my and knee was sore, but it was cool. And then I ran on it for another couple of days, and then it got a bit more sore. But the whole time, I was just like telling myself, like, your knee like hurts because it's bruised, like, well, because you banged it, and so running on it is going to make it more sore, but it doesn't really matter. But then by like three days later, it was like really sore from running on, like, and I was so I just realized like, oh, I have to take it easy. And now it's just been like hanging around for way too many days. So I'm just like, I'm, I mean, I have come to terms with it. So I'm doing everything I can to make it better. I don't want to make it seem like that big of an injury because it's definitely not, but it's just so annoying to have something so silly happen. So this morning I went to the uh, rec center to go aqua jogging and I only went for three minutes <laughs> because I stopped taking anti-inflams t- uh, yesterday. So I think I can feel it a bit better. And I could feel it a bit aqua jogging. So I was like, well, if I can feel it aqua jogging, what's, what's the point? So instead, <laughs> instead, I did three minutes aqua jogging and then I did 20 minutes in the hot tub, 20 minutes in the sauna. I was like, sounds like a good morning. It's basically 43 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, that's what I realized. I, was, I think when I was in the sauna, it was pretty hot in there. Me and the boys, like the rec center on a, what is it? A Tuesday morning at, it was like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. It's just all like old people, you know, just hanging out there, having they a good time. Think, what, the, what the fuck are you Did doing you there? Do you see Al in there? Al? No. Actually, as an aside, I saw him like two days ago almost get hit um, on, his on, his, on his moped when he's pulling out onto the road. He was coming out of Raleigh Sports. Sorry, this is a random aside. This is our masseuse. 
he rides a moped everywhere and he and pulled out onto too. 28th street and like it was like in crazy traffic it was so funny so that's my <laughs> that's my most recent outside in the last two or three months but uh, no it was me and the old folks chilling this morning but yeah my I, my heart rate was so high in the sauna i'm like this has got to count for something <laughs> well so. you're doing three minutes of active cross training and then 40 minutes of passive cross training, cross training. Cross so training. i like that term in general you're cross training like they, I like they that term. I think, like you should put that, I think you should put that in the log. I like that term, passive yeah. cross training. We got to make that. Oh, you've thing. come. On, <laughs> I've come a long way, haven't you've, I? You've come up with something good there. <laughs> that sounds so smart. Yeah. And Did what you, does it mean? I don't know what it passive means. cross training. Well, you, yeah. you're sweating and you're uncomfortable. Isn't that what cross training is about? <laughs> That's essentially literally, cross literally, literally joke, like a like I don't cross know. I've never done it before. I never cross train. Well, I mean. When you were swimming, it was proper training. I mean, swimming for That's running active. was cross training for me when yeah, I used to swim. So <laughs> now I do my cross training is my full time uh, gig. Yeah. But um, yeah, passive cross training for forty minutes. Still, I'll take still it. cross training. I'm happy with that. So That's a terrible story, Mog. Well, it's just like <laughs> it's like so tragic and so funny at the same time, but it really has been bumming me out. But I don't know. I've just realized there's literally nothing. I I always you know I think so. I guess this is a good time because one of our Q and As was advice for being in a bad injury cycle and i would say like we probably have some good advice for that but one thing that is very relevant to me right now is i really dismissed it as being something real in terms of i thought it was completely fine to run with like there's a big mental switch between feeling pain that you know is fine to still run with and then there's pain that's you come to realize this is bad pain and initially i thought all the pain that i was feeling was kind of more that good pain where it's, this is fine to run through. And I really screwed myself because every single day I would turn up and like I started running on the Ulta G and every day I would just be like, all right, it's going to feel fine today. Because I really like didn't think anything of it. I'm like, all right, it's going to be good. I'm going to be good to go. And then there was just like big disappointment every day so far. So like my advice is probably not to do that because now I've come to terms where it's like, okay, I really don't actually know how long it's going to be sore for. Like I don't think it'll be that long. But you, I definitely have to not get my hopes up and get disappointed every day because that's no way to live. I know the situation you're in though, when you like the situations we've been in before in a running injury cycle, if like you're injured from running, then you know that running is going to make it worse. But if you do something totally unrelated to running, you're like, oh, there's no way running is going to make this worse. Like I injured yeah. myself doing something totally unrelated. Like how could running, mm-hmm. it's like... Holly, how did your oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, similar story? I forgot about that. I thought I ended my career before it began. Um, this is a, a throwback. That is a throwback. This was two like, years ago. This was two, before. Pretty much almost two years ago, like to the day, probably. Yeah, this is before, like, this is probably the, like, that was the race where, like, I kind of, like, popped off. I was running around 332 in uh, Staten Island. And um, right before me and Carlos were juggling the ball in a very uneven backyard in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I went to go kick the ball. I slipped and I landed straight on my butt on this cement, like, kind of patch near the back of the uh, backyard. And it, literally, I thought I heard a crack. Like, I landed straight on my coccyx. And I and people that know me and obviously laugh about it. I have no ass. Like, I literally, like, my ass is flat. So there's, like, no there's cushion there. There's, there's not much padding. padding. There's not much padding to uh, protect me from that. So, um, I think Jason came down. I was getting treatment from Kip like two or three times a day. Like I was pretty convinced that my career was over. Yeah, that, that, was, like, that was why you went to JB too. I went to John Ball. Yeah, John Ball. That's when like he had to get his system right up in the coccyx. Yeah, he got it right in the coccyx area. Um, I paid extra for that. 
And uh, I remember him grabbing my legs and like, his assistant, he's like, hey, like, cause he's John Ball, if you've seen John Ball and like Jordy and Morgan, no, he's very quiet, but he was wearing a mask at the time. So it's even more quiet, but I will never forget what he said. Like I don't never like spoken to him in my life. And his assistant, I had to get his assistant over to hold me down because he said, man, you are so fucking tired. He's like looking straight in my eyes and I was like, fuck, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I was pretty much it was like- a, It was a two-person job. Yeah. It was a two-person job to like try and stretch my hamstrings. But in general, um, like I was pretty convinced that like, oh, I don't know. Like I was same position as Morgan, like every day I'm thinking it's going to get better and better. And then I remember I could work out very close to the race. I couldn't work out with you and uh, Joe and I was extremely frustrated and upset. And Dathan kind of just said to me, he's like, well, you're, you're pretty fit anyway. Like, I wouldn't stress about it. Like, it's out of your control, kind of good. I, it was a really good chat from Dathan because, like, at that point, I'd never dealt with something that would prevent me from running, you know, in a workout. Like, I'm, I haven't really dealt with a lot of injuries or adversity in that regard. Um, so, like, having an injury not related to running, I didn't think it would affect me in running, but it did. And eventually, like, th- there is a, a clip of me. Um, a friend from back home sent it to me after the race when I finished the race and I sat down on my bum and I said, ah, fuck. Like, really, and then you could just see it on the camera and it was all over the news. So, uh, but yeah, like that was something that I went through. Uh, so hopefully I'll be running an Australian record in a couple yeah, of weeks is what yeah. you're saying. Well, I mean, I expect. That's the progression. Else. No, but that does, what you guys both said does encapsulate it 100%. You don't think, I didn't, don't, like haven't respected it because yeah, it came from something different, but I guess if your body's hurt, your body's hurt. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get that better day by day right now. I just three Back minutes. Where, where were we actually? Injury cycle. Yeah. Advice, Advice for a bad injury cycle. It's, well, I would say, I mean, George has overcome a lot of injuries and I'm kind of currently overcoming. I'm, I mean, I have overcome them in, a, in like a grander sense. I actually was talking so we mentioned jason a lot our chiropractor and he was here only a week ago and he did say like it is a real thing that when you're injured for a long time and it does become a cycle that your body is so much more vulnerable for kind of a long period of time which really sucks because it is very difficult to be patient and so i injured my ankle really bad uh two years ago Uh, yeah two years ago and jason actually did see me not too long after that like two months later and i remember i saw him for the first time he treated me and then i'm pretty sure it was in california and i'm pretty sure after i walked out he like told you guys how fucked my body was yeah. like he didn't tell me because like that's i mean you don't really say that but he was like wow like his body's like fucked and so ever since that moment because then i joined the team uh three months later or whatever and i've been getting seeing him consistently like he tells me like how my body has progressed over time but like literally over two years like it's been a very long period of time so i think in like what i've learned i guess is that it does actually take a really long time for your body to build up and get robust and my body is not nearly like as robust as i want it to be and that's kind of like in terms of when i like set goals and stuff right now and i look at progression that's kind of what i'm looking for is to try and be a stronger more robust runner because i just lost so much of that from being in a big injury cycle so for me, it's like the main advice is just to like be very patient and uh, I don't do this very well necessarily, but like whatever you think is like the right amount of training, like maybe even dial it back a little bit because it's just the consistency over time is going to be so much more important. And probably the best person to talk about that is George, because if you look at 
I don't know how much we've talked about on the show. We have a bit, but the amount of... Like, if you just compare how robust your body is now compared to three years ago or whatever, it's like Dude. a world of difference, right? <laughs> Absolute world of difference. Yeah. I, mean, I can definitely um, talk talk the injury cycle a little bit. I was in a, in a spot in college, pretty much. Kind of maybe right before I... Right before I got to the US, probably... So, talking like back in 2015, I came onto the NAU team injured, didn't run cross country, pretty much always lower leg stuff. And I think with the thing with the cycle is that you can get through one injury after another, but if you don't change what's actually causing the first one, like that's how you get stuck in, you know, what we're going to call like an injury cycle. And so, I kind of just went... Like, got through a couple with some pretty low training volume, like a lower leg one early, and then a couple of, like, reasonably mild stress reaction-y type injuries, and just kind of ongoing, because I'd never really, I couldn't get to the root of the problem, and, I mean, I went through pretty much all of college, I made a little bit of progress, kind of four years later, to have, to have one outdoor season out of five, and then, but the, yeah, once I joined the team, kind of, I was still stuck in it a little bit, joined the team with two stress reactions at the time, like moved to Boulder and not running. And then, you know, you get working with someone who, who you really believe in, like we do with Jason. And yeah, similar to, to Morgan's first treatment, like he just, the first weekend, he's like, dude, you are... <laughs> There's no hope for you <laughs> right now. No, that's not what he said, but it's like there's there's a good reason why you're stuck in this cycle. Like nothing is working. The patterns are all wrong. Like what you default to because of like certain weaknesses or you're commentating with something, like everything you default to is just so wrong. Like your body is just wired to default to what will make you get hurt. And it's kind of your body doing its best to make up for what's going on but without a lot of help and it's kind of it's impossible to get through that so it took me I started working with Jason summer of 2020 and I didn't get to a good spot until the last last big injury I had was in Phoenix that same day that Ollie couldn't work out with me and Joe thinking he had a broken coccyx I actually had a broken sacrum that <laughs> yeah, day yeah you had a broken back <laughs> um, but since then like that was kind of towards the end of the cycle and that was that's coming up was that two years ago yeah so that's that's actually like that's wild to think about I used to not be able to get through like you know six weeks without something coming up and so you just if you can you know you I needed a lot of help from Jason pretty much and now when he comes to town like I can he can work through my body in in almost one session and and fine tune things and like he he can tell me how much stronger like he's like dude your hamstrings just for example like your hamstrings compared to two years ago are like 10 times stronger Mm -hmm. so I'm like everything is just like working so differently and it is like it's a it's a pretty good feeling knowing that you are you have that like 
ability to handle more training and like there was I actually think about this sometimes in the fall there was like days I'd like you know the big workout or something a couple of big runs and I'd be like man I, I must be like an absolute wreck right now like how am I going to run tomorrow and then I would go on that run and be like what I actually feel like decent how is this possible yeah that's it's, like, it's, it's pretty crazy yeah I mean that's that's all we do to be honest is try and get out like I think we all understand that in order to race really well we need to be able to train at an extremely high level so all we're really trying to do in a very simplistic term is get our bodies to a level where they can sustain high level training well this is the thing that I wanted to ask George is that you coming from an AU program with Mike Smith who's known notoriously for having a high uh, like double, double threshold kind of program um, and you were seeing John Ball a lot in, co- in college would you not like, a, not a I lot? saw him like twice the whole time so you're just seeing the then are you like kind of people kind of PT? couple local people okay so do you think a big factor in um, where you are now to where you were in college do you think Jason and Dathan's training has just been able to adapt you to that higher level of training or because like if you look at Mike Smith and his guys like I'd say that their intensity and training is similar if not better than ours um, and treatment wise like I feel like that's the only factor that's really come in to help you consistent treatment with Jason and then we were also seeing um, Kip as well do you reckon that like those factors of consistent just treatment and check like maintenance in the body uh, has made you been able to like dr- like for duration just keep going and reach these higher heights of being able to consistently train harder because like it seems like that's such a crucial factor that people like me personally wouldn't think about before becoming a professional athlete is like that you're able to do is what you do is just from pure maintenance on the body from somebody like Jason who just knows how to make sure that everything's like in place, like you said, structure-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, by no means would I, am I blaming anyone no, no, I'm at, not, yeah. at NAU? Like, I'm not saying that just the like reason I was in the cycle was because of Smith or anything. Like, I think he did an incredible job keeping me fit enough to contribute to the team and, and reach my potential with what we had to work with. And he was all about, like, he was super supportive of getting treatment and going to John Ball. But, you know, sometimes even that isn't enough. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a very difficult problem to solve. Yeah, it's it's not something. And he was super good about, like, adjusting the training for me. I mean, he's definitely, like, those guys seem like they train a lot, and they do. But they also want to train a lot. Like, he's very in tune with, like... Each athlete. Yeah. Like, I, he knew that I couldn't do as much of that stuff. And so I would just do what I could. And then, you know, if you if you want to do a lot and you can do a lot, he's all for it. Like, he's very supportive of that. And then, yeah, for me, it was... I think Jason was, was the main part of it. And, yeah, there's a reason we think he's the, he's magician. the best there is. Yeah. He's a but genius. it still took from... It still time. took him almost... I don't even know what are we talking about? a year probably well I mean like yeah. we know the stories with, with Leah um, our old teammate like she was dealing with plantar stuff like after the trials and Jason pretty much brought her career back to almost making the Olympic team in 2020 so like um, it's just yeah like it is a process in time it's just interesting for me an outside perspective seeing Mike Smith's program and what we do professionally with this program like they're pretty similar, like training-wise. Like I feel mm-hmm. like they're a similar level. It's just like you said, um, a huge factor in it is that the time that you've put in 
to with Jason to build your body up to that factor. You just weren't able to get that access in college. It's just too like it's unless Jay like unless Jason was like in flag stuff. It's just <laughs> almost impossible to do. Yeah, um, and I mean the thing is like getting out of an injury cycle doesn't mean you go from always getting injured to never being, being invincible. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like a progression. Like instead of a stress fracture, you get a little niggle for a week or something, and then. Like, last year I had two minor things. Like, when I had to miss pen relays and in Serbia I had a little foot thing. But those were both, like, five to seven day setbacks as opposed to, like, a season-ending injury. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, we haven't talked about it, but, like, the reason I um, I came... I flew freaking halfway across the world to see Jason last week because I had, like, a five to seven day foot thing. Yeah. But you kind of make progress like the cycle goes from three month injuries and then you become more robust and then you try and get to a point where if your body is breaking down it's like a very minimal thing it's really interesting yeah i guess i probably then the key takeaway like advice is to find someone that you trust because there's not necessarily like a jason everywhere and you don't Mm. necessarily need a jason everywhere because i mean we're trying to train at literally like the highest level possible that's our goal uh, but it's not like, I mean, you got to work up to that. And I think, you know, we put our bodies through a lot. And I mean, I think in most places there is someone out there, whether it's like your local physio or it's a chiropractor or maybe even like more like a strength trainer type person. There's normally someone out there who you can find who you trust. And I think trusting the person is probably the most important part of it. And so if you can have that good relationship with someone, you know, you, you kind of need someone to not hold your hand through it but one thing that i realize when i stress about injury too much it's just like well i mean it's above your pay grade like you you need someone else to that has expertise in it like you're the runner you don't have the expertise in the injuries i mean you can you're the only one that can feel your body so uh, i think we would all say like taking responsibility for being able to know how your body feels and know what's good and what's bad that's very important but at some point you have to offload the stress of worrying about the injury to someone else and let them take care of it. And if you have something you trust and then they tell you to go do something, it just, for me at least, like mentally, it makes it so much easier. So I think having people like that around you is very huge for getting through those injuries because, yeah, when you get like emotionally involved in it and stuff, it's like, it's really hard. And yeah, you just don't know what to do. Like I find, what I find really difficult and I don't know if you, you this is like the way that you would ever think about this, George, is finding a way to like have like little wins i think like confidence is something that's important in sport and i think it's difficult when a lot of like if you have a great workout you're going to feel really confident like that's universal but like relying on that to give you confidence and feel good can be difficult sometimes because i mean when you are going through injuries and stuff you have to like completely readjust like your scale of like what's a little success like what's a little win and I actually find that difficult when I'm injured to be like what is like a tick for the day because going back to what I said before if I turn up to if I have the mindset of I hope my leg feels good today and I turn up and my leg feels bad then like that's a cross you know like that's not a tick and then like that hurts your confidence and you feel bad but say like you were kind of like more mature or whatever you want to call it. And you could think about that same day, like 
your leg is the same amount of sore, but you rest it that day, you do literally nothing, and you could say that was a tick because my knee got better that day. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Do you ever think about it like that or not really? You kind of pass that. Because um, that's more like when you're actually dealing with... That's probably when you do have something... Well, no, maybe, maybe you're right. I think it is important not to like to rate the whole day based off like going in with that with that attitude is dangerous because then if you don't meet that benchmark you've set for like the first something you're trying to do that day mm-hmm. whether it's within the gym or even cross training or running like if you set the bar that high you're like all right i'm not going to feel it and then that's going to be a good day and then you do and then you kind of you can easily write off the whole day as being like oh this is a waste or something but um, well, you do do an amazing job at it if you actually think about it because I would say if most runners did your training week, they would not feel fair, like nearly as confident as you feel with your training week because you only, I mean, what do you do right now? You run outside, you run the ground five days a week, right? Yeah. Is that correct? If most pro runners only ran outside five days a week, they'd probably be like, fuck, I'm not fit right now. Well, I can only, think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like particularly your event, like there, there are some freaks like in the 800 or... 400 that yeah like 400 sprinting but 800 for example is like they're only running maybe five days a week but their training is very minimal and like very specific to 800 whereas like you're running like 5k yeah we're talking about like endurance training and like 5k 1500 right now the way it's run is purely just like a lot of strength a lot of mileage a lot of volume and the way you're able to um know your like know your limits but also like know what's the ideal peak for you at this point in time with your body is five days a week training at this level and then treatment and the exercises you do in the morning. Like all that, all those factors are just putting into like making sure that your body is going to be the best it possibly can when it comes to racing and getting on the line and having that confidence in that is like, I feel like it would just takes time and experience for sure. Like for you, like it's been interesting to watch because like people will obviously like people don't, I mean, we talk about things and we're very open about it, but when people probably talk in their own groups, they're probably thinking like, Joe George might say he runs that, but he could, you know, maybe he runs 120 miles a week with, with Joe. And it's like, as we, really we, we're confirming right now, that's not the case. <laughs> like, you know, people say, oh yeah, maybe he does this, maybe he does that. It's like, no, like it's legit. Like that's how George trains. And it's really, uh, it's quite cool and impressive to see. Particularly for me, because like I don't, my knowledge of like, training and running is pretty bad and it's only gotten better from being professional like seeing all the different elements of like uh jason's treatment and like everyone else's training so it's really uh it's quite interesting because not every run is the same and that's the cool thing about it is you take ownership of your own um training mm. your own body and your own like setup well, i appreciate it thanks boys well th- that would maybe be my advice then is to to find a system that you're confident in if you are kind of stuck in going back to the injury cycle finding a, a system that you're not comparing yourselves to everyone else on your training group if you're on a high school team or a college team like being able to find a situation where by the end of uh by the end of college i was yeah i was still running five days a week and now on the other days i do a bit more on like a boost ology type thing so it's a little more like running but Back then, I was just cross-training more. But but I was able to find confidence in the other days and and just, I don't know, talk, talk myself around that, you know, this was, this was going to work for me and that, you know, everyone responds to training a little differently. 
and and even now I like I can get a lot of confidence from a run like today if I can do you know 16 miles with John Ollie even though yesterday I was on the boost <laughs> then you know I kind of just zone that one out that I didn't run on the ground yesterday but that today I can do a big effort with with the guys that run more and then you know feel confident about that yeah it definitely makes a lot of sense uh yeah I mean injuries are like injuries suck they're probably the most probably what I would say is the most difficult part of the sport or definitely for me they are but just in general I mean if no one ever got injured we'd all be imagine what that world would be like we'd all be running so much and training so hard yeah it'd be it'd be be a very different world (laughs) it'd be a very different world so injuries are very much so a part of running especially when you're trying to push yourself so learning to deal with injuries is at the end of the day gonna decide a lot of your fate in terms of how good of a runner you can be because those are some of the biggest challenges that you'll face so yeah i hope that uh that talk you can get something out of it because nuggets of wisdom yeah i mean everyone has different experiences and the different people probably relate to different things that we said but if any of it helps you uh, that would make us very happy. But, yeah, that's just some of our experiences with injury and how we're doing. So, yeah, I don't really know how we ended up talking about that. I guess we were just talking about how we're going, right? Yeah, and then we went to your... <laughs> we just got through today. Yeah, that's today. <laughs> that's today. So that's what's going on with us today. Um, I think we'll... We don't need to talk about this for very long, but I think we can share with our listeners our upcoming race schedules for the winter slash spring does it go into the spring? It does go into the spring. I would say it goes into the spring. Yeah. So in the spring. Well, spring would no, technically be March. March. 21st. Spring's relative. Spring is relative. <laughs> March, okay. Right? Have we talked yeah. about this on the podcast? Why does season start on the 21st here and the first in Australia? <laughs> um, because What's the difference? Americans want to be different. Does it, what, what date does it start on in Europe, I wonder? Are they on our side or their side? The 21st is just the solstice days. Okay, so that makes sense, I guess. It's linked up with the with the, but I don't the know sun. If that actually means that that should be the start of winter. Because I mean, obviously, ours is just convenience. Like, yeah, it's just convenient when it starts on the December first. You just say it just makes it makes it a lot easier. So it does make it easier. <laughs> but I guess I'll go first. So our plans are they're not crazy, but they're they're kind of cool because we have a lot of like cool races that we get to go and do, and I suppose. Hopefully this is the plan. I guess the only thing that would stop this from being the plan is getting injured or whatever. So hopefully everything is fine. But racing a 5K, is it January 27th mm-hmm. in Ten Boston? 10 days from today. 10 days, fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we're actually all going to Boston to race that. Yep. Are you doing the 5K as well, George? I think so. Okay, so we're going to race. George and I are racing a 5K. I believe Ollie is pacing it. I am pacing the 5K. Are you going to stay in and just run super quick? No, probably Maybe. not because Ritz will call me a bad teammate. So I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely not do that. I need to get some brownie points back with Ritz. So pacing the boys is an absolute privilege. So I'm going to be able to do that. Watch them crush while I jump off. I'm hopefully going to pace up to 4K. That'd be epic. Um, and... I'm probably gonna there. I'm probably gonna rock the the little little hat with uh, some glasses and uh, a t shirt. Say last time, yeah, it's it. a good look. And then I'll probably draw the mustache, maybe. Um, crush a workout after it. Probably yeah, we'll crush a workout afterwards. Uh, so Joe, yeah, I'll be there. Joe crush your workout 
that when when he pissed us and I'm pretty sure time. I'm pretty sure Joe I mean Jordy and I said this uh, I think Joe was in like 13 sub 13 shape at that point in the year yeah. if, he, if he was running at Boston obviously you know everyone knows that Boston's short um, and uh, it's worth <laughs> about 20 seconds so. yeah well I guess we'll get to see because Joe's also racing the 5k and he is. he's very ready to go he's I would say yeah, so, he's so this is going to be a big one I think everyone knows yeah go to BU try run a quick 5k uh, I don't know why they always have to be early in the season. It's just like how it ends up being from convenience. I think they are because they are mostly collegiate meets that pros just yeah. happen to show up to. Like, why don't we just do it like later in the year when like we're peaking? How is that too Instead much of, to ask for? Yeah. Instead <laughs> but, of going outside, <laughs> yeah. we just we just go to BU in the summer. Let's, let's just do I'm that. sure that idea has been thrown around. Yeah. I've sure. heard a couple of years ago that the WCAP guys were going around a 10k in Boston. That's <laughs> like, I heard that. That's genius. I, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse than running a 10k on that 200 bank track. You would I would imagine mind. how fast you could I'd go rather teabag a cactus. I would not do that at all. I don't know what well, happened to that idea. We'll Obviously see how desperate happen. we get. If I get really desperate to run a quick time, then, then go. I might, in June, I might be in Boston. We'll see what happens. But So that's the first one on the schedule. And... Um, so soon. So soon. Very Feeling soon. pretty apprehensive about it. Yeah, it's just same. first VO2 rep of the season two days ago. <laughs> yeah. You got to start so, somewhere. You got to race into fitness. This is when you can really use the rust buster excuse on uh, on social media. But oh yeah, so BU is our rust buster. That's our rust buster. And then two, I think it's two weeks later. Is Milrose? Is that two weeks later? Mm, or is it three? The eleventh. Two. Two. Of February. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to Milrose. Well, wow, I didn't even realize that our schedules were so aligned. They are, yeah. So we're going to Milrose. Yeah. And obviously got a couple of boys defending some titles. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. We've got the mile in the 3K for these guys, and I'm also in the 3K. So Josh Kerr's dodging, dodging all me this year. He's dodging, he's not just dodging me, he's dodging Mario and Yarrett as well, because those two oh, are that's weapons. Oh, that's so stacked. Um, and Cole Hawker. He's dodging Cole Hawker. Because like, if you look at. Um, the field and like just the amount of talent in there like even the 3k too obviously Josh is can you bet on Milrose uh, well you can't good question oh yeah because you're racing even if that would be race? that would be illegal uh, I don't know if we could race on I want to bet, bet on, on all these race. guys going 1, 2, 3 I'll put money on there I'm sure there's a mo- we could create a I market yeah, for that I would say I would I would be very very confident to say we'd go 1, 2, 3 but I wouldn't know the order <laughs> like because I feel like um, I mean yeah it is, it's probably I reckon like these boys pretty, are crushing, pretty, pretty dangerous at the moment. Mario is always going to be like, sl- like not slept on, but I think Mario is going to be one of those guys that's going to be sneaky, you know, and he could come through with a win. And obviously, Kohaka, um will could be incredible as well. And there's like all those guys in the other, in the field that could also. But these races are win, so. so stacked because there's just, I think it's really just maybe this is the best it's ever been. But the amount of good dis- like pro professional distance runners, especially like on the slightly younger side, like coming through, like based in America is like probably the best it's ever been right now so both the mile and the 3k is absolutely stacked because the 3k has like every all the good guys mm-hmm. in it as well Cooper T is running it right I is think, he running it yeah, yeah. He's, he's got leave from Bauman yeah. the weekend yeah. <laughs> he's leaving Eugene what the hell what the hell wait till they put an indoor track well there. I feel like he needs to after last year what happened oh what George did to him last year <laughs> and Actually, and what he did to Cole I mean yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna well, be a great great. Three K stack. Three K. Three K. Like Louis G is in Louis it. Louis G. Fourth mm-hmm. of Worlds in the five K. Is Abdi in it? He's not. No. Uh, there's a lot of good guys in it. There are a bunch of good guys. And so we'll talk about that more as it as it comes closer. And then, yeah. After that is where our paths diverge. Yeah. We mentioned this 
before, but Ollie will be going from New York all the way back to Australia. So <laughs> make it official. Well, I don't know if we're allowed to make it official. Are we allowed to make it? I think they have to make it official. And I think they, they do, but... Um, <laughs> hopefully, I, they do, hopefully they do by Thursday. At this point, I'm planning on heading home to Australia to run in um, the relay with Stuart McSwain. Um, what we said Jess had Hull to happen, happened. Mm. Yeah. Stewie won the trials, which was an automatic spot. And then the second spot was up to selectors' discretion. And so they'll probably pick Ollie. Yeah. Maybe have already Be picked pretty silly it. not to. So maybe I got an email this morning. <laughs> Who's to say? Not me. Maybe you're I didn't say anything. Unofficial. But in general, I have book flights back to Sydney, so I'm heading back after being here for literally. I'd have been here for like literally not even like. I don't two know months, how you do it, man. And I'm heading back to Australia. Um, I'm very excited to run like a world championship kind of event at home in a relay with a very very stacked Australian team. Probably such a good team. Probably the best middle distance team like relay setting best Morrison's team it's the Avengers had. it's the Avengers of fiction under running and I, honestly like because like Shuri's what 348 guy for the mile right it's a 2k relay he's a 348 guy I'm a 347 guy you have Jess Hull who's wait if you if you went on 1500 PBs Stewie would have been ahead of you right yeah yeah 329 330 uh, just wanted to put that in Jess, Jess Hull <laughs> uh, Australian record holder weapon well, just got married congratulations Jess she, she will came, get selected because she, she goes second. second. And Abby Caldwell... Ah, crap, I hope I'm saying her last name right. I think that's correct. Caldwell. 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 Abby Caldwell, who's just signed, <laughs> recently Caldwell. signed with Puma. She won the trials. She's going to be going. Bronze medalist at comms. Really talented young lady. So who's crazy. Going to be the two sub 350 milers and two sub 4 minute 1500 years. Um, Wait. I, I don't know if Abby's I, sub 4. She's not on so far. She's... She's I think she's only like four or two or four yeah. or three. Either way, though, she's probably yeah, she's probably sub full <laughs> potential. But in general, crazy, crazy good team for Australia. So very exciting to be a part of that. I'll head home straight from New York, and uh, I don't know if many people would know, but the trip from New York to Sydney is going to be fucking shocking. Yeah. I think it's like a four four to five hour flight from New York to LA, and then a fifteen hour flight to Sydney, and then I'll probably get in. Uh, a few days rest and then go to Bathurst, um, drive up there and race. Yeah. So very excited. Um, that's when my pass to Virgil. I go back down under. Yeah. These boys stay up top. Yeah, we just come back here, I guess. And then, is that it for your indoor season, George? Or are you doing more? Apparently, that's it. Really? Yeah, I'm a little sad about it though. Sure, I'm going to run a or a mile. I'm told for it's there. Well, well, I was say the new. When's the New Balance meet? That's when's that meet? between Boston? Um, so that's not very good so not they don't space like it that. out well do they? I don't know indoors feels so short this year maybe it's because there's no world indoors yeah I, I also just, I feel like it just ends yeah it, it's funny because like we Wells is further away than, than Eugene Eugene was I think a lot closer in the year uh, than usual for world championships and now Budapest is in uh, August September it's pretty late in the year pretty late in the year so it's interesting that there's not more indoor races leading up because, I mean, outdoor season starts for the, for, for the Diamond Leagues, it's May. So you've got April. Well, there is European March. indoors and there was supposed to be world indoors, but it got cancelled for like the 20th, 20th year time. in a row <laughs> in and China. That, that was in China, yeah. So I guess that's probably why there is nothing because everything was blocked out for Europeans and worlds. That's probably why. Is Europeans still nothing. going ahead? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in Turkey. I think it's the start of March. So that's probably why there's no races. If you went to Europe, maybe there'd be more races. Yeah. But that'd be a good time to just uh, 
Just train. Just grind, yeah. Just train. Just freaking grind. Just bro. grind it out, it out, bro. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we're we gonna might be... do a training camp in Flagstaff. Who knows? We're gonna be grinding out here because we might go to Flag. Well, I wish. We talked today to see if he wants to go to Flagstaff. <laughs> I remember last year when I tried to convince him to take us to Flag when Florida was so bad. Well, remember when the remember airport... when we were talking about moving to Flagstaff yeah. every day? The yeah. airport was so bad. I remember Morgan came home. He's like, "That's it. I'm done. We're moving to Flagstaff." And then George's head just pops out. But pops out of his room. Someone say Flagstaff. Someone say Flagstaff. Let's I, go. Flagstaff has the same issues that Boulder has. That's the funny thing. Like they do. I mean, I don't think the air quality is as bad there, but they definitely have the same or similar snow issues. Maybe not as bad either, but they just got hit by so much snow mm. i saw that mm. i saw that i bet the... they even mean sedona got hit by snow yeah this is we're, go, we're going back to the old school uh boulder flagstaff v, yeah flagstaff v boulder like who's better who's who's worse yeah and uh at this point they're just the same yeah so what do you come know, back here to gear up for yeah so then the next one on my schedule is the big boy the 10k which is the, the start of march in california sam clemente Go out there. You gotta make sure we walk the course. Yeah. Um. See if Jesse's nailed that. See if it's four oh, is, it the, is it the same track? I hope it's short. Um. <laughs> yeah. So do I. Well, I think they put. I don't know. I think you put the hay bales. There's hay bales. Yeah. In this yeah. One? There's hay bales in this one. Yeah. God damn it. Jesse's I'll making go around sure. It. I'll go around it still. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's making sure that it's gonna be interesting uh, for spectators. He's gonna put hay bales in. Um, That's exciting. Inter- interesting thing as well for that ten k. Um. I could be pacing it. Really? Yeah. I was talking to Ritz about it. What can't you do? Well, the, the thing is right now is I think... How I many think, brownie points do you need? I need a lot of brownie points with Ritz and OAC at the moment. So, he's, he's, in general... He's running accolades on and off, I suppose. Yeah, in general, like, I just got to make sure I'm, I'm proving my worth to, to on an OAC. And that the best way to do that is to get my team uh, teammates down to some world standards. Yeah. So, um, but no, just joke, jokes aside, obviously I'm joking. Uh, yeah. In general, uh, Ritz and I talked about it because what better way to rely on a pacer than knowing, like, how that pace is going in training. So... If my training is the way it is at the moment, Dathan would like to me to pace uh, you guys to the 10K because obviously 10K is really crucial for pacing and relying on a teammate is a lot more comfortable for him than trying to like pay someone to do it and then find out that they haven't been training for two weeks, which has happened before. So That's not what you want. That's not what you want. So I might be pacing for the 10K, obviously, uh, pending, depending on how Ritz and I feel. Yeah. But Dude. exciting. So exciting yeah, stuff. we got the 10K. That's like the 5K, 10K boys, the OAC... Joe Klecker, Jonas, and myself, I guess. We all have the same schedule. Mm. It's all The 10K, to be honest, is in a way the most important one just in terms of the fact that like, there's not many opportunities in the 10K. And technically, the window for Paris qualification is already open. So yeah, if you did run really quick, you, you set yourself up really well for a long mm. time. So that's obviously the goal for us, I guess. We'll just see where we're at by then. But that, those are the ones that we're very excited to go and do. And then after that, actually, Oli and I then realign as we go back to australia hopefully hopefully back for the what number are we at that'll be the third time third time in like three months yeah Yeah. go back to australia to race nationals which Mm -hmm. is i believe either the end of march or the start of april so that's Mm -hmm. that's our plans for that's in brisbane yeah the next what is that three four months yes it's i mean it'd be interesting turnaround uh i mean at this point i should probably just rent a space on a plane and just live there (laughs) It'd be cheaper. It'd be a bit cheaper, but uh, I'm excited to go back for nationals, particularly with with Morgs. Another title defense for Ollie. Well, I guess we'll talk about all this stuff more in more depth as we get to it. This was kind of just like the brief schedule, but yeah, that's our schedules for the next few months, and then after that, just back here training for the long year ahead. And yeah, the, the, it's kind of an exciting time 
to race through like indoors. I think we all just love indoor races. They're mm. always very fun. So it should be really good. Very excited to get going and hopefully, you know, everything goes well and we're just fit and ready to go. So that's it for us for the next few months. And yeah, I'm excited. Mm. Uh, indoors is, is freaking fun. Yeah. Such a good atmosphere. Track's always fun to go to. The trips are normally fun. It feels like less pressure because like the big meets are still like six months away. Mm-hmm. It certainly Definitely is. agree with that. Yeah. But important in some ways because yeah. you can achieve some amazing things in indoors and obviously you can get qualifiers in indoors and all that. So that's really important if you can get that out of the way. So that's kind of our goals. But yeah, so that's, that's a long debrief on us and what's going on with us. I think now we can look into what's going on in the world which we're getting back into stuff. We've had a long time period where not really much has been happening in the track world. But one thing that was pretty interesting, which came out for us, it, I think this news only came out today, but it's Mark Scott joining the NN team and being coached by Patrick Singh, who's Elliot Kipchoge's coach, and that's his team. But what is NN? NN's like some Dutch brand or something? I think it's a Dutch bank. A bank. It's like a bank or a financial thing. That's yeah. a nice sponsor. Yeah. We should yeah, get that. It's like some cycling shit, which is like a <coughs> big ass company with heaps of money. Yeah. I mean, they're, you, you don't even really think about them because it's such a different universe to us, but I guess you would maybe say that that's like the best distance running team in the world. I don't know. The best there's, marathon there's no, team. There's no power rankings, sure. but well, the marathon, yeah. Be. Anytime you have Kipchoge in your team, I feel like you immediately bump up in the rankings. Yeah, we um, got to get that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure is looking at him right now who aren't they looking at to be honest they're trying to swoop the, the market and get everyone they can possibly get become the dominating force how, but, many, um, how many people do you think are on that team there's yeah. a lot there's a well, lot that we wouldn't know like i remember seeing videos of them running right i don't know how it works in kenya because they have these big kind of training camps where i think being part of a team and training with someone is a little more loose if mm. you know what i mean i think they just like show up if you want yeah if you have the tracksuit does that mean you're in the team because I've seen people with the tracksuit. I think suit. you can buy the tracksuit. Oh, you so, can buy it. Well, you could probably buy the tracksuit. Yeah. Should I just <laughs> should I just buy it and just take off the Nike logo and put the on logo on? Yeah, that'd on be crazy. That'd be on crazy. Internet. Actually, that actually sounds pretty cool on it. So, but it's. I mean, just looking at Mark Scott is very interesting. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, that he was leaving Bauman, which is always interesting. There was a really good interview that he did with Let's Run. And I would encourage everyone to go read it because Let's Run don't shy away from asking him kind of those questions about Bauman, about his situation. That And he's very candid in his responses. Yeah. He doesn't hold back at all. It's very like, it's very like kind of what everyone's thinking, but you wouldn't expect them necessarily to say it. They're literally like, he literally is saying like, yeah, like everyone was really unhappy that we moved to Eugene. And he says like, yeah, he was concerned that with the move to Eugene, Jerry wouldn't be, uh, as Easily focused accessible. as yeah. focused on them and they would like fall to the wayside a little bit so he's very like candid with all that and it like makes a lot of sense for him he's i think he's 29 years old and he's kind of just saying how he's achieved what he's wanted to achieve on the track and he has had an amazing few years i think he struggled a bit in outdoors last year due to some illness and stuff but his indoor season was amazing because he ran 1257 and bronze medalist in the three k and then his few years leading up to that were pretty amazing. So yeah. he had a freaking... Like, Bauman clearly worked very well for him. 100%. Very well, successful. It's very interesting because I, when I spoke to him at comms, Commonwealth Games, and I was very, like, upfront asking, like, oh, how do you feel about the move and everything like that? And he was 
very, very upfront in the same, like, yeah, not a fan of it. Don't want to move to Eugene. Like, I like the setup that we had. And uh, to then to say it on those fronts, to be honest about it, I feel like a lot of respect for that because it is easy to kind of hide behind just like, oh, I wanted a change, I wanted a new thing. But you can tell that the Bowman system and program has worked extremely well for him. So to see him like say, yeah, didn't like to move to Eugene, this is going to be a better situation for me uh, moving forward. Is he going to be based? Is, is the team based in Kenya? Yeah, so the way he said it, which I think this could change. I think he's going to be split between Kenya and like UK. Okay. Because I think, I think maybe it'll be more like going there for training camps and stuff, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think a lot Well, I mean, he's very used to going on training camps. When you say going on training camps, I don't know if that means like going on a month training camps. So like, like five month training camps. I know in Kenya, that's how they do it. Like when they train, they're on training camp mode. I mean, maybe they have like a house near there, but they stay in like, from what I've seen, they stay in kind of dorm type setup and it's like pretty full on. So it is kind of crazy to think about that. That's what his life is going to be like now because it's very different. But I think it is very cool to that he has the opportunity to kind of move back home and still continue being a professional runner because that's something that we've mentioned that we would love to do if it's possible at some point. And it makes a lot of sense moving up to the marathon to do that and to be part of this training group i know like he loves to train really hard and these guys these guys just grind like none other from what we've seen so yeah it actually it's like weird but it actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it Mm. and he's not the only british guy on the team is that right they have yeah there's that at least jake smith yes he's on it he's going on it for like a year well jake smith is known for his strava because it's the most ridiculous workouts ever really like he's i think i've heard someone say that before his workouts are so crazy i don't even know exactly what his pbs are i guess we could look them up but he's if you check out his strava he's put he's done some crazy shit should he get sponsored by strava then because i feel like he'd be a big (laughs) should he get sponsored by strava you should get sponsored by strava um well this i mean it's interesting now because you remember when uh good old days where Ritz was like hey let's do a training camp in kenya yeah do you reckon uh uh, to be fair, I think we've do mentioned doing a training camp in every single continent. That's yeah. that is true, but it's interesting now. Like, do you think it's because you know how? I guess that's not true. It's really I was about to say like, it's like there's like trendy like you know when in the running community, particularly in the running, like people start doing something, and then everyone starts following it. Double threshold. Um, in general, I could see the trendy thing of like going to Kenya now to do a training camp because like I've seen certain people on Instagram are now doing training camps in Kenya, and I feel like that could like grab some uh some trendy well it's actually been done for a long time trending uh, for europeans uh it's pretty normal it's pretty normal because to go to africa it's much more accessible from europe too like the time change is almost negligible that's the big difference what's the time change here in america it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot and like i think to travel from america to kenya would be a crazy trip Mm. i think it's just a lot easier coming from do you reckon we could stay at helen's probably if we ask very nicely we yeah. stay at her mansion i don't know if she has a mansion i just assume stay, uh, yeah i assume she's a mansion i'd love to stay there we stay at kip's place oh uh, yeah that'd be cool apparently school. he said there's lions in the backyard though I'm not, I'm not a fan of that lions yeah he's like this i remember when he was treating me once he said that there was like, like just a lion just sitting out in front of his house so he does like that's, to, that's pretty cool but also pretty terrifying he does like to call good athletes lions and lionistas so maybe he maybe it was just like joke like it was back there there's <laughs> a lion <laughs> he's in the backyard. a super good athlete who's yeah. joe that actually be great if you just refer to lion, like people's lines like that. yeah look i don't really feel like it makes sense to go to 
Kenya from America apart from like if you just want that experience. What's the altitude? I think it's so I think it's like higher than here. I think it is. Where they train. But I think I'm, it's probably flagstaff. I remember Ritz, right here. Ritz explaining like you guys can correct me obviously because this is probably going to be a lot of rubbish. But I remember Ritz explaining there's a different type of altitude. People like, do Kenya, say that. People, in Kenya. I don't know what the fuck that means <laughs> because altitude to me is altitude. It's really hard and the recovery is just going to be you know a little longer. But apparently, because I remember when uh, Kip Sang ran 331, right? And he ran it at altitude and like the conversion was like 325 or some ridiculous shit. And then we're just like, <laughs> no, 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 you understand. It's a different type of altitude. And I was like, I don't know what that fucking means because <laughs> altitude is altitude. You're pretty high up. You have less oxygen in the air. Is that correct or not correct? I don't know. I think it's correct. But there's a bit of myth in the running world that the altitude feels different based on how far away from the equator you are. Okay, so that's the reasoning. That's, yeah. I, but I don't and they're saying because the Kenyan altitude is closer to the equator, it's, it's not as challenging. It's not as that sounds stupid to me because it sounds like... Oh, I, I think know. someone probably just so made that up. cheap effects on that. I, I, just, I don't know, it sounds stupid. I feel like if you're at altitude, it's going to be fucking hard. I'm sure it is very hard. I mean, there gonna be people that are, but there's people that can perform better at altitude than, than not, obviously. Like... Mm-hmm. There are those people. Well, once Kenya wins the bid for Worlds in Nairobi, that I, I don't know if that will happen because Marcel Jacobs went for that invite. Like I think last year they had a gold point, a gold label, and he didn't race because he got food poisoning. Yeah, that didn't go well. So it's not looking good for them at the moment. If like the World Olympic, well, sorry, not the World Champ, the well, World Champ indoors, the Olympic Champ um, in the hundred meters gets sick and can't compete. It's not a great situation but i'm sure like they will eventually because i think they're putting a lot of money and resources into um trying to get they hosted world juniors a couple of years ago they did so yeah. they're mm-hmm. they're trying like the world cross was in uganda like three or four years five mm-hmm. years ago maybe would be cool to run in africa it would be amazing yeah. i mean you could the, i guess the one to to tick that one off is to go race it is it rabat Rabat, yeah morocco because yeah. that's africa that, that was True. sick when um the steeplechaser i can't remember his name Albuquerque won and like went and saw the like uh like all the like into the crowd and like everyone's going ah, that's sick what that was, well, it was like the president was there or something <laughs> like, it was some, i think yeah, yeah i think that him. head of the state was he must there. be pretty famous there oh sure i would imagine like i mean i guess whatever country you're in if you're a, he's an olympic gold medalist right yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna be pretty famous unless except for america oh, they just take it then, well yeah, so many Olympic <laughs> yeah and australia too who are you talking about if you win a gold medal in Australia, you're like set for life. Really? Yeah. Hmm. If you win a oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe world, world champs. World champs less. Yeah. So for sure. Maybe thinking world champs. But don't like, worry. I think I think you're going to get looked after for your com, <laughs> for your no. com games gold. No, no, I'm just thinking I thought you were a celebrity. Aren't you a celebrity now? You, uh, told, you told me you were a celebrity. I, I felt like <laughs> one when I was home. Did, you go, very, very did you go on a speaking tour when you were home? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I don't think people would want to hear what I have to say, to be honest. I think that would be a lot of so. rubbish. But um, no, it was very nice being home because it was definitely the classic, like you'd walk down um, the street or like down like a, I don't know, like a public area and people would like look. And oh my God, that's all you Yeah. Oh my God. You're like, who is He's that? So is that on? Is that Keith? Is that Keith? Is that Keith? Keith, Keith That's oh a, that was the greatest thing when I was back racing. No one referred to me as Ollie. They all referred to me as Keith, which I thought was uh, very, very lovely. Yeah. But so in general, um, yeah, you're probably right about the Olympic thing. World champs, maybe not so much. World champs Australia. definitely doesn't get the attention, which is, yeah, that's, we always talk about how it's just like a shame that it's not like a big deal, but it's just the way it is in our sport, you know? Yeah, hopefully Sepco can fix that. In Seb, we trust. In Seb, we trust. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Mark Scott's move, which... Mostly, I'll just say go read the interview if you yeah. if you really care. But it is mm. very cool that he's able to make that 
transition and he's moving to the roads obviously so gonna make how do you reckon he'll go on the roads i got no idea he's, he's run half marathons run, like yeah. some good great north type runs yeah i feel like all like the brits do those runs eh yeah i think like, they i get... wouldn't be surprised to see jake whiteman do it this year <laughs> jake whiteman, <laughs> like, I would I love to like see just that. to be honest like every brit does it like yeah next thing you know you see whiteman running like 59 minute half yeah. <laughs> i think mark would do very well in the marathon just yeah. based on he's he's, just, he's like just the type of runner he is he's just a grinder small guy it makes sense i think i think the marathons can be un- small, unpredictable small, but yeah. <laughs> yeah i think he's gonna crush it small school tulsa is Tulsa a Tulsa's school? a small school, I feel. It's probably Isn't small. It? It's in Oklahoma, I think. How big can it be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Shout sure. Shout out Tulsa. I'm not sure. But so that's really the only running news I think we wanted to talk about. The yeah. I think the rest of the show we just do a couple of Q and A. We had a couple of fun ones. Are you guys ready? Shoot me. This is just like a very <laughs> random one. I'm not gonna shoot you. I can't do that. Not live. Is that what uh, they say? Oh no, shoot. Shoot. Yeah, shoot. Not shoot me. <laughs> Sorry. Alright. Got is, too real. Got too real then. Who is the most likely on our team to stop on a run to go to the bathroom? Yeah, the goose. Like no like hands down. Yeah. The guy I, has to shit like four was, times a run. It's a five mile run. I knew that was an easy one. Yeah. But he's 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 gotten a lot better though. I do, think. Do you remember that one time, like, I think it was the summer a year and a half ago where George went to the toilet so many times on one run. Like he had pee. Yeah. yeah. You do piss a lot. Probably. Though. I pissed twice this morning. It was twice. I didn't piss once. Very no, impressive. no, I pissed once. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I pissed the first time. Yeah. The second time you pissed again, and I was walking around. I do have to pee on runs a lot. Me too. That means you just like your your body's in a better position than mine is because I felt. Like, <laughs> but like, I didn't. I only had coffee this morning. I think I don't think I drank any water. Yeah. I I had two That's coffees impressive. and a strewd waffle. Where does that liquid? You're go? ready to go? Huh? Where does that liquid go? Right here, baby. He just hang on to. He it. just means he just holds all the water. Yeah, I retain water. <laughs> Very good. Well, the thing is, like, I didn't. I don't feel like I sweated that much on the run. So. So you're really just retaining it all then. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's how but, it works. Um, in general, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's gotten a lot better at that. <laughs> but I feel like most of the time, it's pretty even because we're all, like, uh, pissed at, or, like, the boys will have their, their little boy break. Yeah, well, for anyone who's running, we have essentially, we, like, we, scheduled toilet breaks. Like, on all our routes, it's a little bit different right now because we run in different like places dogs. more often. We but certain spaces <laughs> that we, like, like pee at. Well, when, yeah, yeah, no, like, when, when it's the summertime or the fall and we can run, like, the same routes every day, we... we we stop at the exact, exact same, same spot, spot every like time dogs, yeah so it's always normally like someone with a good view yeah because we have box box a lot, box box a lot of pretty views out there f1 yeah. reference so yeah that's kind of how we do it so we all peak as a team yeah we're a community yeah um the other funny question was related to mountain dew it was does mountain dew taste different in the u.s compared yes, to australia it does how's it different? so mountain dew energize is the australian version it's in a different <laughs> bottle it's like thinner and the bottle is extremely green. But if you pour it out, it looks kind of a bit more translucent. So the reason why that is, is the coloring is different. Um, and in the American one, they have this beautiful thing called high fructose corn syrup, which is extremely bad for you. Um, can cause increased rate of diabetes. It can cause cancer. So it can like um, everything else in Mountain Dew. <laughs> yes, everything else. That's just a little factor of it that's not in the Australian uh, one. So the Australian one's called Mountain Dew There's no high fructose corn syrup in the Australian one? No. We, we, it's banned in Australia. That's why yeah. all these days different. I don't know. I'm not the expert. It's banned in Australia. Always is the expert. expert. Yeah. Um, 
But, um, oh, yeah. And I, did I tell you guys I signed a Mountain Dew bottle? Yeah. For fam? It's unreal. Legendary. That's the third I time. Thought I, was, I thought you were going to say I signed a Mountain Dew deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. get I got so there. excited for that's, that's That's been punted uh, at the moment. We're, we're going to activate it's that in, at some It's point. in the pipeline. Yeah, it's in the pipeline. Uh, I've signed, a, in my career at the moment, I've signed three Mountain Dew bottles or cans. That's Once awesome. at national. Pretty good numbers. In Australia. The other one at that when we did the magazine launch with New Gen, a kid came up to me with a Mountain Dew can. I signed that. Cali. And then in Devonport, uh, handicap mile. So, at this point in time, uh, it's pretty cool that I'm signing uh, Mountain Dew bottles. But that's the difference. Uh, and I do. What what do I prefer? Mm. Obviously, the American one because it's way <laughs> more worse shit and it, and it tastes way more better. But the the one thing that I kind of loved was uh, my brother has started to drink a lot of Mountain Dew. And his reasoning Crazy behind words. it is like, well, my brother's a Commonwealth Games champion, so why wouldn't you drink it? <laughs> yeah, just it skulls it at work. Crispy, well, this come is, on. Maybe you can talk slightly related. Another question about Mountain Dew is how does it impact your running? I think positively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in general, you know how you guys talk about like um, putting your body through stress? Yeah, so like instead of me like getting treatment and doing all the little things i put my body through stress in a different way which is forcing it forcing to adapt. It to adapt to terrible food and soft drink so uh soda so what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger at this point Pretty in much. time it's working but i know at the age of 50 i might be stuck to a machine um <laughs> would, have been a, would have been a good life though so live, live fast live, live fast die young i feel like the young brothers is that awesome? run mean, fast live Run fast, fast while you're uh, while you're young. Uh, Are we talking about fast. Nico yeah. Young right now? Run fast, live young. What is it? Is this their merch? Yeah. Run fast, run fast, be young. I'm not sure. I'm. <laughs> we should just buy some of their merch. Let's I mean, get Nico back on the show and we can ask him what their merch is. We can confirm. Yeah, but we'll that's just, sure that is uh, yeah. So positive, positive for me. Positively, yeah. do you think it would? Imp- do you think? Like that's universal. Or do you think that's specific to you that it would have a positive impact on? Like, would you recommend it for others? No, no. Okay. I think personally, you got to know your limits. My emotional state. I'm a very emotional person, so I feel like if I'm emotionally happy, drinking a really bad soda, it's gonna affect it affect me positively in a good mindset leading towards a workout or a run or whatever. I'm like happy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I don't have it, I'm unhappy. Um, <laughs> And that's the one thing that, that factors into it, right? If I didn't know Mountain Dew existed, then it wouldn't matter. But I do know it exists, and it's just the sweet nectar of my <laughs> life. So, in general, um, I don't think people should just bring up the habit of uh, drinking uh, Mountain Dew. But the one habit I have... So, like, you wouldn't recommend anyone start it, but once you, st- but once you start it, there's no going back. There's no going back. It's like smoking. Um, <laughs> but in general, I have started a new addiction, which I haven't been able to get my hands on until... Uh, when I came back here, it's Fisherman's Friend. The what mix. is it? Have you heard of the... Fisherman Friends. Fisherman's Friends. Aren't they like an anti-nausea? They're a mint. Really yeah. strong mint. And they taste terrible, but they're so good. I thought, Fisherman, so I thought you were supposed to take them when you go on a boat for like seasickness. No, Isn't that why they're been, called Fisherman's I've Friends? Been, I've been popping those like candy. But I just make that up. Well, it would make sense. I'm going to look them up. But I, I've never seen you have one, Ollie. No, because I since I started you, it going... Because my brother got really addicted to it. And then he gave me a couple of packets of Fisherman's Friend. And then I've been really addicted to them. Is it an Australian thing or an American thing? You can get it in the US. Yeah, he told me. But I haven't been able to find it. Fisherman's Friend cough drops. I've definitely seen these. I remember, I'm pretty sure like one year, I got a packet of this in a Halloween thing. And I was really disappointed. 
Yeah, so the I thing is, would be. Uh, my, my grandfather used to have them all the time. It was like an old man's mint kind of thing. And then my brother, to waste time at work, he used to go up and just buy random shit at the local corner shop. And he just like, we're looking for the cheapest thing and it was Fisherman's Friend. And then ever since then, he's been addicted to them. Wow, this actually so sounds pretty good. It's a mixture of licorice, eucalyptus, and menthol. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was originally a liquid, but I think it was just to help fishermen's like throats. I don't know if it was related to nausea or just like uh, something. Maybe I did make that up. Something about being it's a throat and chest lozenger. So that's its that's its origin story at least. Hmm. So your throat's feeling pretty good. Oh, unreal! Yeah. You know what I used to do, which was shocking. I'm, I'm gonna say in the pod now, and uh, don't regret it. I used to have a mint with a beer. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it felt, it's not, it felt so that? good when I drank the The combo. Beer. Yeah. So I'd have like Did a... Did it po- make the beer better or the mint better? Or just the overall, overall experience? The overall experience. Synergy. Like the, the feeling of it and when you drink it. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'd have a pint of beer and it'd be like a pint of like VB or something. And then I'd have a fisherman's friend with it. Maybe that would improve VB then. <laughs> you know what I can weirdly relate to that is I used to sometimes... After I, after I brush my teeth, I would eat an orange. Oh, more. And I would that's, actually enjoy oh, it. That's fucking psycho. Bro. And I would actually like enjoy it. Have you ever? No, a very ever different went, sensation. It breaks ever, down so much in there. It's gonna be so <laughs> have, have, you ever, have you ever brushed your teeth and then just drank like a soda? Can I just I be honest? Can I just be honest? Almost every night I brush my teeth and I just go to bed and eat a bunch of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if I'm getting anything out of brushing my teeth. Uh, if your dentist listens to our podcast, oh he's going to be so gosh. pissed. Nah, my dentist is chill. He he wants actually be happy because then I'm gonna he's gonna be getting more business. Yeah. If you think about well, it. Well, my dentist is pretty chill too. But do you guys always get the thing? Okay, this is a random side topic. But do you guys get all the thing in the dentist where like they'll ask you how you're doing, but you got like seven things shoved in your mouth, and you're like, uh, and they're like saying like, yeah. so uh, how's the US going? And you just can't answer it because there's like there's like a tube in there, and there's like and a then sca- as soon as you start so talking, like, no, 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 stop talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So disgusting. Yeah. Open your mouth. I love that every time I go in, he's just like, "Have you been fasting?" I just go, "No," <laughs> and then and then he flusses me. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. I actually have. I've started flossing like once a week. Really? Yeah. I tried doing it's not it, bad. and I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> no, sucks. because when when he did floss me, I my mouth. Wait, let, can you can you the way you said that when he, he did me. floss me? So I was. I was bent over on the table oh, and he flossed me and my gums bled so much. So he, he's like, yeah, your gums are very inflamed. You should floss. I'm like, yeah, if I'm like bleeding this much from flossing, like it's probably a bad thing. So I should probably start doing no, it a little he, bit. No, you yeah. should probably not floss because it'd stop you from like you're bleeding when you floss. So no, you, but if you no, do I it consistently. there's something wrong with your gums. So that means you can do it more. Yeah. That's if you like do it consistently, diseases, if you do it consistently, then the they inflammation goes down and they don't bleed anymore so that's that's where i'm at now I, they don't bleed anymore so i have healthier gums than i once did that's huge three weeks ago and you can have your fisherman's friend now and now it's fine to eat chocolate after I, <laughs> after i brush as long my as you floss as long as you floss i mean that whole industry is probably just a scam like braces i got braces when i was younger i don't think they did anything for me you got nice teeth my bottom ones are not great yeah neither i went I. to i went when i the same very same dentist appointment he's like yeah, you probably should have got an expander in your mouth when you were younger. I was like, well, that doesn't help me at why, all. Why that are you just, fucking telling me now? That just makes me disappointed. I reckon uh, wisdom teeth removal is a scam. Well, I still have mine. Yeah, so I mine as well. Alicia was like trying to tell me that everyone needs to get them out. And I was like, is she a been, dentist? Pretty sure you've been brainwashed by yeah. your dentist because they can just charge you a bunch of money. Well, she, her, her teeth are quite like, she's got chompers. 
Alicia. She's got big teeth. Very nice teeth. Um, yeah. but did she get her wisdom teeth? I'm pretty sure yeah. she did. She so did. Well, she's got like... They've I all think, been brainwashed and thinking... See, I have a small jaw. I think Alicia has like a pretty big jaw. Or maybe know. she has a small jaw. I don't know. I still have my wisdom teeth. I still have mine too. I feel okay. My brother has to get his out though because they're like literally like angling in a really bad way where like his teeth are going to be like all crooked and stuff. So. Well, how yeah, did people know. survive before they started the procedure of wisdom teeth removal? They just died. <laughs> they just died survival of the fittest yeah. I think you went into I guess survival you didn't, genetics yeah I guess you didn't live for long enough for your teeth yeah. to get fucked up maybe yeah. I don't know you just died from something else <laughs> from diarrhea or something yeah probably the black plague or whatever they had back <laughs> Spanish then Spanish flu yeah I wonder who was the first person to have their wisdom deep from a plague who thought of that oh fuck I, I can't I feel so question. bad for that poor soccer they had to I, do it because there's probably no um Pain relief. Yeah. It's a straight in, like, take them out. Oh, probably, man. Probably in the Middle Ages, they probably had someone who, like, had a really sore wisdom tooth and they just got, like, a... Chisel pliers. So, yeah, they probably just ripped it out. And, like, then he died oh, God. from all the blood coming out. Well, that was the, That's one thing that I noticed, just taking it back to running. If your teeth are feeling good when, you, when you're a runner, <laughs> I feel like you're, you're just in a better situation. Because I remember Carlos having to get a root canal um, and his teeth were feeling bad. And he couldn't even train. Like yeah. he was in such a bad state. So it's funny how your teeth have an effect on your body as an athlete. Because when I was talking <clears> to my <throat> dentist about it, he's like, "It's really important that you keep your teeth clean." Of course, he would say that because <laughs> apparently the amount of carbs that we intake as well is really bad for our teeth. Particularly, like particularly if you drink a lot of Mountain Dew. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, you, <laughs> if you drink a lot of those sports things and you take all those gels, which I don't do because I look after my body. Um, <laughs> I don't drink Gatorade. I don't. I don't drink. I don't drink those uh, those supplements and 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 take all those gels and stuff that all the other runners do because I look after my body. Um, but in general, like a lot of that stuff is a lot of like, yeah, it's really bad for your teeth. So he said, and when your teeth are like, when you're in pain in your mouth, like. It, Affects your whole body, your mood, everything. So I think that's pretty. I'm team, awesome. I'm team brush teeth before race. I feel like most people. I do that too. Yeah, I, I know all he is. I don't. Yeah, because uh, my old head director coach at Trinity, who's Ron's coach, Ron Browning, hundred meter sprinter, mullet man. Um, he brushed his teeth before he used to jump, and I think the best brush he ever had was when he got bronze <laughs> at Worlds. So how I do you define what constitutes the best brush he ever had? How clean were your teeth when you went in <laughs> They must be I did brush. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're additionally clean. I mean, at that point, uh, I didn't even think about my teeth at that point. I was more thinking about uh, just, uh, just running going fast, to the pub. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, clean teeth. I think that is like, yeah. I think having issues with your teeth does affect your overall body a lot. Is what I've heard, mm. at least. Would you would you call Carlos's root canal injury in running? <laughs> like, yeah. you know how you yes. injure, like, my injury? He couldn't run. Yeah, he couldn't run. Therefore, it was an injury. It's an injury out of the sport, you know. Yeah. We're it's just it, funny it how it comes full circle. Full circle. Yeah. We might have to chicken. Maybe we have to get him on. Ask how his marathon training's going. We'll what like is he? A, what marathon is he running? The Austin. Austin marathon, but I don't know if he's doing it anymore. <laughs> just based purely not off what he said, but just based off following him on Strava. Strava. <laughs> 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 no, he's been pretty. Empty. Did he say he came back and then Joe? I think Joe posted it and screenshot it. He got. <laughs> he he hadn't run or he hadn't uploaded a run to Strava for so long that Strava does like a thing where it's yeah. like celebrate that this person. Who <laughs> was like welcome, Carl back to Strava. Yeah, so I don't know how long you need to not run for it. Hopefully, I we never hit that goal. Remember when he went ran one forty seven on the roads for an eight hundred? Vividly, yeah. I'll go down in OEC lore. That's OEC, yeah. That's OEC mm. fandom right there. That's yeah. history. Not many people probably even know about that one, but that was very special. But 
yeah man what an episode is there anything else that we want to discuss we've covered i think every topic possible so far um pretty good place to leave it yeah i'd say pretty good place to leave it full circle well i think that's it for today thank you everyone very much so for listening we'll see you all next week